Here's this week's devotion from Fremont Presbyterian Church. Hello, Fremont. I am thrilled to be with you today as we continue looking at Colossians together. I'd love it if you'd pause this video and go grab a Bible and read along with the verses today. Today, we're going to look at verses 9 through 14 in chapter 1. I'm going to break it down into two sections. First, verses 9 through 12a. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. Now remember, Paul is writing this letter because there was false teaching threatening the church. The Colossians needed discernment and wisdom, which is precisely what Paul prays for. The content of Paul's prayers is for the readers to be filled with the knowledge of God's will, and the purpose of being filled with such knowledge is to live worthy of the Lord, which is pleasing Him in every way. Commentary author Alistair Wilson, who is a lecturer at Edinburgh, Theological Seminary, says it this way, We should understand God's will primarily as his grand purpose, what might be called the mission of God, rather than the precise details relating to life choices of individual Christians. Knowledge of this will must be a matter of all wisdom and spiritual understanding rather than simply intellectual knowledge. Spiritual understanding, rather than intellectual knowledge, only leads to transformed lives, which are pleasing to the Lord. In verses 10 and 11, Paul lays out four ways believers can do this. The first two are bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul is connecting life and knowledge here while also using the same phrase he used in verse 6, bearing fruit and growing, only this time in relation to the believer. While in verse 6, the gospel was bearing fruit and increasing, now it is the Colossians who are bearing fruit in every good work. When there is true knowledge of God, it will inevitably be accompanied by good works that come from this knowledge. Number three is being strengthened with all power. Paul prays for God's power to strengthen the Colossians since God, according to his glorious might, has all the resources that they need. We're not talking about strengthening like bigger muscles, but rather strengthening to maintain endurance and patience as they experience trials. Paul is reminding the Colossians that God will fill them with everything they need to know and do God's will. Number four, giving thanks joyfully. Paul has created a habit of thankfulness, and he now prays that this will also become a characteristic for the Colossians. A life that requires endurance and patience is no reason not to exude joy and thankfulness. We can have trials and also have joy. Verses 12b through 14 is where it really gets good. Follow along with me as I read. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 
We know from the Old Testament that God's rescue and redemption of his people reaches back to the great deliverance of Israel from Egypt, the Old Covenant rescue. Here, Paul draws a parallel for the Colossians by reminding them that God's new covenant rescue for those who believe in the Father is through his Son, Jesus Christ. The Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ, has qualified them to share in the inheritance, delivered them from darkness, and transferred them to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom there is redemption and forgiveness. As new covenant believers, we are also qualified to have a share of the inheritance. The hope laid up for us in heaven is our hoped-for inheritance. Our qualification for a share of the inheritance is grounded in God's rescuing us from darkness. The Colossians had lived in darkness, that, that is, in sinfulness. As believers, God rescued them through his beloved son, and now they are in the light. The darkness is our old life under the authority of the devil. The light is our new life under the new king and as part of the new kingdom. You are set apart by God, united to Christ, and called to a life of righteousness. Just like the Colossians, you have heard the gospel message, and now you have a choice to make. Will you live worthily in a manner pleasing to the Lord, bearing fruit, increasing in your knowledge of God, strengthening your faith, and joyfully giving thanks? Our God is a covenant-keeping God, and God's new covenant rescue for those who believe in the Father is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, you have been qualified, you have been rescued, you have been transferred out of the darkness under the authority of the devil and into the kingdom of Jesus. You have been redeemed and forgiven. You have a hope laid up for you in heaven, the hope of the gospel. You have all the tools you need to stand strong in your Christian beliefs and resist the false teachings of the world. Your hope is found in the gospel of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's devotion from Fremont Presbyterian Church. We hope you'll join us this Sunday morning as we study more about this passage. Find out all the details about service times at fremontpress.org. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast feed as we post every Sunday, Monday morning, and Thursday morning.